and we're back. Mike Cernovich here to talk about Bitcoin with our first ever sponsor, GorillaMind.com. That's right, G-O-R-I-L-L-A-M-I-N-D.com, GorillaMind, the long-awaited nootropic that I've been talking about for a year and a half is finally done, and it's amazing. And there's a reason it took a year and a half to formulate, and that is because I told my partner on the project that I take a lot of nootropics. I take a lot of stuff. And the only way I will ever sell a product is if whatever I'm selling is better than anything I'm taking. Otherwise, I'll just do affiliate deal, right? I'm, I'm not into not giving you the best. So GorillaMind.com is out. A few people have had samples of an earlier batch. You're going to love it. Let's talk about Bitcoin. Oh, man. Bitcoin is a frustrating subject for me to talk about. Just, well, that puts you in a bad mood. It's frustrating. Mike's frustrated. No, I don't want to prime you in that way. What I mean, though, is that people talk about Bitcoin as if it's this mythological unicorn thing and that it's somehow an investment that differs from every other investment class. I'll give you an example. It's all the same, and I'll show you how. Show you why. Friend of mine, good friend of mine actually, um, has been talking about Bitcoin for like two years. I'm thinking, man, this guy must have made loot. And then I see today he posts on his he posts, you know, oh, I'm only up three x in Bitcoin. I'm like, only three x in Bitcoin? What you know? What in the world? I'm up twenty five x. Like, what in the world are you? How can you only be up three x? But what he did was he traded. He bought Bitcoin when it was four hundred, and then he did what men do. There's a whole section in Gorilla Mindset about day trading, why you should never do it. But every man, I mean, if you're a man and you're listening to this right now, you're probably laughing because you've either day traded, thought about day trading, or you're about to day trade. It's like a 99% thing that all men do. And hey, I've done it. So I'm not judging. I'm just telling you. That's why I warn you in Gorilla Mindset. So what people do is they buy it and they sell it and I want to buy it on the dip and oh my God, it's crashing and everything else where I just bought it because I knew it was going to be worth at least 10000 So I bought early and figured whatever, dude, just leave it there. And because of that, I, I, like, I'm not worried about it. Today, for example, is Thursday, 10 p.m. Pacific time and I saw people on Twitter, oh my God, there's a crash. Bitcoin crashed. Well, think about it. You're, you're following the price of it every day. That's not productive thing to do. It's not a productive thing to do with your time. If all you bros did, and I know a lot of women listen to me, but I just, I'm talking to the bros right now because women, God bless you. You don't do this nonsense. If all you bros listening, instead of chattering about Bitcoin all the time on the internet, on the forums, on the social medias, and you were just taking a part-time job waiting tables and bought Bitcoin you would be worth a hundred times more than what you're worth sitting around talking about fluctuations and charts and oh my god, it's down again, it's up again. You just take a part-time job, buy Bitcoin. Don't even worry about the price. Buy Bitcoin every month, dollar cost average into it. And that's again what I talked about in my other investment. And that's why, of course, people don't come to me for investment advice because I'm just boring, <laughs> right? What am I going to tell you? Um... Dollar cost average in the market. So for me, I decided that Bitcoin would become 10% of my investment portfolio. 
and I dollar cost average. So I bought Bitcoin at 500. I bought Bitcoin at 700. I bought Bitcoin at 1200. I bought Bitcoin at 2400. I bought Bitcoin at more than that. And then you dollar cost average and then you have a cost basis and you, you know, you end up way, you way high. So sometimes you end up buying a little bit higher. Sometimes you end up buying a little bit lower. I bought it at 3,500. Anyway, I'm not going to tell you every trade I make because I don't give trading advice. I don't even care if, if people listen, you know, people who know me know I'm telling the truth and people who don't, whatever. So let's talk about Bitcoin. That was just general investment advice. But Bitcoin is what? Bitcoin is digital currency, digital gold is a cryptocurrency, which means that to create it, to own it, it all involves very complicated mathematical problems that if you really want to go into deep, I can send you deep. But chances are, if you're listening to this, you just want to know the big picture. Why is everybody talking about it? And then a lot of you are going to say, well, why weren't you talking about it sooner? Au contraire, my friends, I hadn't been doing these Mike Sermich podcasts on iTunes, which... I'm sorry, you know, I love doing them and you love listening to them. It's a win-win, but I got too deep into Periscope. And I was telling people, I go, look, Bitcoin is going to be worth 10000 I guarantee Bitcoin hit 10000 I didn't think it would hit almost 20000 It's gone way higher, than it, way higher than it did. But I just knew that if everybody had bought Bitcoin when I was telling people, and that was at 500 700 even 3000 I was saying even at 3000 I'm like, Bitcoin is going to hit 10000 And I, I knew it. And it ended up being worth we know way more. And and now I'm just done talking about it because most people don't have what it takes to deal with volatility. Most people don't have what it takes to see, wait, I have all this money. I'm losing money. No, you, you don't lose money until you make a sale. You don't gain money until you make a sale. All Until then, it's just a video game. So Bitcoin is a cryptocurrency and it is digital money and it gets a lot of hate. Because people go, well, it's not backed by anything. Well, I mean, well, your fiat currency, what's that backed by? Well, it's backed by the faith and trust of the federal government. So in other words, it's a social construct. Gold is a social construct. People go, well, gold is money, real money. No, it isn't. Um, you use it for some industrial processes. You use it for vanity kind of stuff and social signaling and social status, but gold does not have intrinsic value outside of maybe a couple hundred dollars an ounce, okay? Gold is another, it's a social construct. All currency is a social construct. And the idea is you believe that this thing that you have is a store of value because everybody else agrees as a store of value or at least a large percentage of people view it as a store of value. That's why when people go, oh, it's not backed by anything. Well, nothing's backed by anything, right? Gold bullion isn't backed by anything. Well, but yeah, it is because you can use it for things. Sure you can, but it, but not for what it's worth. If you just, if everybody collectively decided that gold, a gold bar would no longer be a form of wealth, then guess what? Your gold bars would be worth 50 bucks, a couple hundred bucks, maybe at most. So that's the idea. And Bitcoin is not just a digital currency. This is where people who are new to Bitcoin don't understand it. They just think of Bitcoin as like a share of Apple. Oh my God, it's so much more. And that's why I love thinking about it because it's freedom. Dig digital currency like Bitcoin, cryptocurrency like Bitcoin is anonymous. Now I pay all my taxes because I'm a very 
marked man, very much watched by Deep State. So I pay all my taxes. My accountant has every cost basis of every Bitcoin trade that I've ever made. And when I sell, then I book the gains, long-term capital gains. But it doesn't have to be that way. You can keep your money anonymous and nobody ever has to know what you have. And that means no person and, of course, no government. We take it for granted that the government has the right to know everything that we own and they can control it and they can seize it and they can take it. They can't just take your Bitcoin the way they can take other money. That's because Bitcoin is stored in a digital wallet. And to access your digital wallet, you have to have a private key. This private key can be a very lengthy code password that you memorize. I know people, the only Bitcoin way to get their Bitcoin is in their head. They've memorized these very long strands. I know people who have written it on a piece of paper and they put it in a safe deposit box. And there's no way to get it. You could kidnap the person and they don't even know their password. There's nowhere to get it. And then, of course, there's hardware wallets, which you call it a wallet, but really it's like a key. It's a way to, to access your Bitcoin. And if you wanted to, you could leave the country with a million dollars, travel all over the world with a million dollars, and just have the key memorized in your head and, and nobody would know. The power of that is we, we take it for granted in America, right? I don't, I don't need to hide money in America. And in fact, I go to great pains to not hide money. Like I said, my accountant has every Ethereum, every, every, cause it, when you give me Bitcoin, a lot of people gave me Bitcoin early on, even though that was a gift, I still have to pay the gains on that. If, and when I sell it, right. You, you, the, the tax rules is like you have a cost basis and the gift, fair market value of the gift but when that appreciates, there's tax consequences of that. So I don't, I don't need millions of dollars anonymous. But it, what, what if you lived in Venezuela? What if you lived in South Africa? These are countries, what if you lived in China? These are countries with tyrannical governments or a tyrannical police state where your wealth could be seized in a second. Maybe you just need to get out of Dodge. You could put tens of millions of dollars on a few essentially USB tabs. You could mail yourself. And by the way, maybe I'm getting ahead of, of you. I'm just, I don't know how much people know about Bitcoin. And I know that most people have learned from charlatans about it, but you can keep Bitcoin on a Trezor or a keep key. And the Trezor is about the size of a silver dollar. You can fit a Trezor into your if you're a man, well, I don't, maybe the women have them too, that little key pocket on blue jeans. You can fit a Trezor that you can put as much Bitcoin on the Trezor as you want. Think about that. You live in Venezuela. You live in South Africa. That, that's very, very powerful. And then the broader implication is that a lot of people who want to maybe exit America in, in a free way have talked about you know, free movements of people. You've, we've talked about what if we just had a bunch of Bitcoin and went to a foreign government, a foreign sovereign and said, hey, here's what we want. This is the negotiation that we want. We want these rights. We want this tax rate. If you think that's crazy, then maybe you've never heard of St. Kitts. St. Kitts is an island and for $400,000 investment into real property along with some processing fees, you can buy a passport in St. Kitts. You can buy a citizenship so, so it's already there. You can buy citizenship now. And a lot of people go, why would I need to buy citizenship? That's fine, right? 
that's fine. You don't. Nobody needs to do anything. I'm just telling you that when visionaries talk about Bitcoin, they're not talking about a few bars of gold. We're not talking about a few shares of Apple. We're talking about a complete philosophy and a way of life. The sovereign individual theory, the, the idea that why do I, I mean, for example, if you gave me a Bitcoin a couple of years ago when it was worth 400 bucks and I sold it at 20,000, why should I have to pay taxes on that? What right does any government have to demand that I pay taxes on a gift that was given to me on an asset that's appreciating, not due to anything but because of the government? By what right do they demand that? These are deep philosophical questions that most people never think about. Because with income tax, social security, you know, at least you figure I'm driving on public roads, my kids go to public schools. You can understand the rationale for a lot of taxes. So I, I get a lot of them, but a lot of taxes, there, there's no justification for. And we think, well, why should we have to pay these taxes? Why can't I negotiate with the government if I get enough people and say, here's actually what we want? Now, now if that sounds crazy to you, then think about corporations do it. If Google wants to set up a new data plan or something in North Carolina, they say, look, we, we need these tax credits. So why can't individuals do that? Why can't the 10,000 people who listen to Every Danger and Play, I think it's more than that, but let's just say 10,000 of us. We're highly, <coughs> excuse me, we're highly productive people. Why can't 10,000 of us just go to a state like Idaho, and say, look, there are 10,000 of us. We're highly productive people. Here's how much money we're going to put in escrow. Here's what we want. We want to live in this piece of land. We don't want any governmental intrusion. We want to pay this certain tax rate. You, people would think you're crazy. You talk like that, but why can't we, though? Why can Google go and negotiate these special deals with governments, but individuals can't as a collective do this. And then why can't, and then once you, you say, well, yeah, you're right, Mike. I never thought about that. It makes total sense. So then why couldn't we go to Panama or Costa Rica and say, look, there's a bunch of us and here's how much money we have. And here's what we want. We want to live here. Here's what the rules to be. And then we negotiate um, private. I mean, that's a, that would be an amazing thing, right? That's what a lot of people talk about. Well, not a lot. I mean, what am, who am I kidding? Almost nobody talks about that. Because when people talk about Bitcoin, the conversation doesn't go beyond, well, Bitcoin is a scam, Bitcoin's a bubble, Bitcoin's a tulips. Thanks. Thanks for sharing the talking points with me you got from the fake news media. Great job. Great contribution to the conversation you just made. Bitcoin is a bubble like tulips. You never heard of Bitcoin a year ago, but now suddenly you know it's a bubble. Which I find funny because if, if you knew that Bitcoin is a bubble, you know so much. So what I I'm, what I always say to people is if you know so much, I go, well, if you know Bitcoin's a bubble, then show me where you bought Bitcoin when it was at 20 bucks, 100 bucks, 500 bucks, a couple thousand. Well, I mean, I never bought Bitcoin because it'd be a bubble. Well, no, you idiot. If you know that it's a bubble and you know so much about the market and you know so much about things then clearly you would have bought it knowing that it's a bubble and knowing that you could sell before the bubble bursts, right? Think about that. That's what I always ask people. Just show me your trades. Show me your transact. Don't tell me your stock tips. Show me your transaction. I will show people. I've showed people. Here's where I bought Bitcoin at. Figure out what it's worth yourself. Got no problem with that. And I don't even give investment advice. So now you have all these people who never talked about Bitcoin when it was 
cheap early on. They never show their trades. <laughs> now they're experts on Bitcoin. They're not even 10x in Bitcoin, but they know everything just based on looking like a chart, like voodoo, magical thinking. And that's, again, what I mean by it's the reason men should not trade. You invest and you dollar cost average and you apply a very disciplined approach to investing and you just treat Bitcoin like any investment class. But me, I think of it as so much more. I think of Bitcoin as a philosophy, a way of life, a possibility, an idea that, that people can join together with freedom and go to foreign governments or create our own sovereignty and say, this is how we're going to live. I mean, that would be guerrilla mindset on a mass level, right? Guerrilla mindset is, well, how can you live life on your terms? Well, there's still a government. That's why like people say, well, you can never fully live in it. Well, I'm, I know we're dealing with the world we live in. So Bitcoin is about living in a government of your own terms, a true government by the people and for the people. So it presents an amazing possibility. So what's Bitcoin? It's a cryptocurrency. Why Bitcoin? Freedom, um, really. I mean, if you just want to invest in it and make money and everything, I'm, it's almost fourteen, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000. I'm not going to tell anybody to buy Bitcoin anymore. All right. When it was 700 800 900 3500 I was confident in saying, I know you're going to make money, even though, again, it's not investment advice, but I was confident now it's so volatile. It, it might I might wake up tomorrow and it's worth five thousand. Now I know in the long term it's going to be worth a lot of money. Long term I know it's going to be a great value, and that's because that's why I don't freak out about these short term dips. And it's why I'm going to buy more when people really freak out and start selling again. Bitcoin is part of the blockchain. So people say, "What's the blockchain? Blockchain is a ledger. What's a ledger? It's a distributed ledger." Oh my God! I'm you know, what's a distributed ledger? Here's a ledger. Go in your bank account. You have debits. You have credits. You got cash coming in tomorrow's, or you know, today or whenever. And you listen to it. It's Friday. You probably got paid today. So you got paid and you got money going out. And if you look on your bank account, it tells you when you got paid. It tells you when the money went out. That that's all. It's a ledger. Now, your bank account is private. Your Bitcoin transactions on the blockchain are public. People go, well, how can it be public and anonymous? Well, because there's no name attached to it. Your wallet has an address. It's a, a very lengthy code, uh, string of numbers and letters and characters. And that's your wallet. So if you show me, well, here's your Bitcoin wallet, I can go to that and I can see how many Bitcoin you have. And if you spend those, I can track where all those Bitcoins go. That's why you shouldn't make your wallet public unless you're me and you're a public figure and you want people to give you Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash and other cryptocurrencies and Ethereum and everything else. So that's the ledger. The ledger is public. What's it mean distributed? Distributed means there's no central processor, okay? What do I mean by central processor? Look, I didn't know any of this stuff. So if you're listening, don't feel like a dummy because why would you think about this, okay? But when you go... And you go to make a purchase. How does the vendor know that if you're buying some new clothes or food that you have money in your account? Well, you go through a payment processor like VeriSign. VeriSign holds that money for a split second and then hands it off to the merchant. That's to prevent the double spend problem. The double spend problem, of course, is when you write a check, two different checks to two different people from the same account and you know they're going to withdraw 
you, how do you spend the same money twice? Well, Bitcoin, you can't counterfeit it. You can't double spend it. And there's a public transaction of every ledger and distributed is because there the nodes are everywhere. There's all these Bitcoin mining companies. People are mining, from, not from the laptops anymore, but people are mining from all over the world. And these ledgers are all public. So there's not one central processing bank or VeriSign or something that you can somehow hack and then take down. The ledgers are distributed all across the various miners and, and mining companies and computers and ledgers everywhere. And that's why it's, di it's a distributed ledger. It's just out there. So that's amazing. Now, you go, where do you buy Bitcoin? Well, the easiest way to buy Bitcoin is Coinbase. Coinbase has high transaction rates. I believe when I bought mine, um, it was like 4% or something like crazy. So it's, it's expensive to buy. It's a 4% surcharge. If you do buy Coinbase, then make sure you have two-factor authentication on. But not only that, everybody should do this, by the way, if you're listening in. People, if you have two-factor authentication, people can still hack your stuff because they'll go to the mobile store, they'll call the mobile company and say, oh, you know, hey, I lost my uh, lost my phone and you need a new SIM card. And then the, the mobile people will send a new SIM card with your phone number. Boom. Now two-factor authentication hits. They got your password. What you need to do is you need to have a note on your account. This is what I told my cell phone company. Look, only changes to my account can be authorized if I'm in person presenting an ID. They go, what do you mean? Well, if there's a problem over the phone, you can't talk. No. What do you mean? No. Put the notes on. And I've had people try to test it to make sure it was true. But if you're going to own a lot of Bitcoin, don't use two-factor authentication. Use something like Google Authenticator and have a sterile phone with a phone number that you've never used. And don't keep that phone in your house. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. You know, we're going into security. But again, I'm just telling you, you can have your Bitcoin stolen from you. And if your Bitcoin stolen from you, it's gone. It isn't like if I break into your, whatever, your Bank of America account and get your money out of there, you can get that back. If I get your Bitcoin, it's gone and there's nothing you can do about it. There's no FDI insurance on Bitcoin. When it's gone, it's gone. So if you're going to keep it online in a company like Coinbase, you better have tight security on it and make sure you know what you're doing. There are also hardware wallets you can have. Ledger, KeepKey, and Trezor are the three big ones. Now, what's a hardware wallet? Hardware wallet is what I was talking about earlier. It's a little USB drive that is detachable and it doesn't run any software other than to use your Bitcoin. That's why they're very, very hard to hack now. I don't know that there's ever been an example, a high-profile one of them being hacked because the firmware on there is just limited to a few small things. So if you have those, you can keep your Bitcoin on a hardware wallet. And then you take your hardware wallet and you put it into a safe deposit box and you don't touch it. Now, people, if you're listening, you're probably like, man, this sounds like a hassle. Yeah, I tell people, don't buy Bitcoin. What do you mean don't buy Bitcoin? It's a hot new thing. Look, it's a hassle, okay? You're buying this cryptocurrency that is super high-tech, super futuristic, and you need to go put it on a hard, put your Bitcoin keys on a hard drive. You need to go lock it up in a safe that nobody has access to. So you, you have to use, I know people who have buried their Bitcoin with GPS coordinates, and that's how they find it, okay? So 
with you're not bearing the Bitcoin, you're bearing the keys. But I don't, look, I don't want to confuse people by talking about the difference between because if there's like a real hardcore Bitcoin person who wants to do that whole mail thing where ah Cernovich, I got him, you know, he said Trezor's a wallet, but really it's kind of keeping your keys, and you know he he's confusing. I know the difference between a, a key and a wallet. Okay, I know the difference, but. 99.9% of people getting into Bitcoin don't need to go into the weeds like that. And when they do want to go into the weeds, they can. But for now, let's just put it this way. Bitcoin's hard. All right. Bitcoin, Ethereum, Bitcoin Cash, all these other cryptos, Litecoin, this is all hard. I want you to feel a little bit confused and pause before you buy Bitcoin now. Friends of mine that I told to buy Bitcoin over a year and a half ago, I don't feel any sympathy for it. Just told you to do it. You didn't do it. I don't want to hear anything. But right now, if you're thinking, well, this podcast is a little confusing. I'm not sure what a distributed ledger is and what's the difference between blockchain and Bitcoin. Then you're going to freak out. You're going to throw up when you hold Bitcoin for a while. Because I was at a concert with um, my lovely wife, Shauna. We were at a concert. And when I was at the concert... Bitcoin dropped almost $5,000 during the concert. And I was like, oh man, I need to buy more Bitcoin. I can't believe it just dropped. And then I went down for a glass of wine. By the time I came up, it was up, uh, right back up again, right? So most people though, they're going to think, oh my God, my Bitcoin just you know crashed. I better sell it now. Me, I'm, I'm like, oh my God, I want it to crash so I can go buy it. So most people, just the facts are simple. Most people have no business in cryptocurrency. Most people have no business ever buying an individual stock. Most people should dollar cost average into exchange traded funds like VTI that tracks the Dow Jones Industrial Average or the S&P 500 in every month or every whatever quarter. Just be disciplined and, and buy a specific amount. Sometimes you're going to buy low. Sometimes you're going to buy high. Sometimes you're going to buy in the middle, but you're going to dollar cost average. So in the end, you're, you're going to make a profit, not a huge profit, not massive outside sized gains, but your wealth will grow. Bitcoin, I believe in dollar cost averaging to it. I believe Bitcoin is a long-term store of value and I believe Bitcoin will do well, but I don't want anybody who's a little bit confused about Bitcoin to buy to buy it because quite frankly if it goes down there's a great possibility that it'll be worth less than 5000 in a year then I don't want people blaming me but when it was like 1000 I knew it was going to be 10000 so I was like everybody's going to love me you know but now you're not in the point where everybody's going to love you the volatility is going to kill people one final point about Bitcoin, just to show you why Bitcoin is no different than any other investment. If you're thinking, should I buy Bitcoin? The question you have to answer is, do you think that a Bitcoin, and by the way, Bitcoin is infinitely divisible. So don't think, well, I can't buy a full Bitcoin. And just right, Bitcoin can, is infinitely divisible. So if you can't afford 15000 for one, you could still buy $150 worth of Bitcoin, okay? Don't think of it in terms of, I just, I can't buy a Bitcoin, so I'll buy a Litecoin or I'll buy a Ethereum. No. Okay. Please, please don't think like that. That's just not rational thinking. So before you buy any kind of crypto, the question you're going to ask is before you make any investment, are you going to outperform the benchmark? The benchmark is the S&P 500. You can invest in a, a less than half a percent fee exchange traded fund with great tax implications, and just store your money there. Do you think you're going to beat the S&P 500? 
if you think you will, if you think Bitcoin next year will be worth more or the increase in Bitcoin will be greater than the increase in whatever funds you buy, then that's how you decide if Bitcoin is a good deal or a bad deal. Me, I'm I'm a Bitcoin for 10 years, Bitcoin for 20 years kind of guy. So I'm not even thinking about what it's going to do next year. I'm just, I like to watch the prices go up because it's fun, you know, to watch yourself go way up and way down. It's like a video game. But me, I think 10 years, Bitcoin will outperform the S&P 500. But if you don't feel comfortable making 10-year-long, 10-year 10 10 timeline investments, Bitcoin is going to make you sick to your stomach. And what's going to happen is you're going to buy high. When there's blood in the streets, you're going to sell low and you're going to lose your money. You're going to hate Mike Cernovich. You're going to blame me. So I'm not saying that anybody should buy Bitcoin and I've been saying that ever since I hit 10,000. Once I hit 10,000, I said, look, don't ask me what I think about whether anybody should buy Bitcoin. But I do want you a little bit confused because I want you to do your homework. This Bitcoin stuff took me a long time to learn and I have access to the greatest minds in Bitcoin. And if you're a Bitcoin hardcore nuance guy, I don't want to hear you whine about the difference between private keys and wallets and everything. This isn't for you. This is for a general interest audience of people who maybe heard about Bitcoin for the first time on Bloomberg or Yahoo or CNBC. So I, I, I know that I wasn't precise in everything I said. As for everybody else, whenever you invest, you want to make sure that whatever you're investing in is going to outperform the broader market. Do you, and people say, well, how do you know that? Well, it's your investment. Okay. You have to take this stuff seriously. You have to really think it through before you invest. And the greatest, that's why I always say the one surefire investment advice I can always give people is you can always invest in yourself. Buy a book, read a book, learn how to be a public speaker, learn how to improve your writing, go to the gym, eat healthy, drink green juice, hire a trainer if you can afford one buy good food if you can afford to buy good food take do whatever you can physically to keep you healthy that i can assure you will always pay off that will always be a better investment than anything on the market including bitcoin because without your health is nothing and if you want to optimize your performance brain wise which i do that's why i'm so productive gorillamind.com the nootropic is finally out GorillaMind.com. I'm so excited to have it out. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Leave me a review on iTunes if you're listening there or anywhere else. I hope you're confused. I could have done this podcast a lot differently, but I want people confused because investing in Bitcoin is a serious decision and I'm not here to run you through some kind of sales funnel where I hype you about Bitcoin and then at the end tell you to go buy it. I'm here for you to say, man, I don't even know for sure what Bitcoin is. Great, because you know what? It's like quantum physics. Nobody really knows for sure what Bitcoin is because Bitcoin is the true nature, like the true nature of reality, is ultimately unknowable, but we can get pretty darn close. And if you ask me, I will tell you now what I've been saying for a while. Bitcoin is the future. Thanks for listening. Mike Cernovich, GorillaMind.com.